What's up, everybody? Welcome to Lousy Movie Files. I am he, your host. Joining me for another fun-filled installment of this wacky craziness that we've created is little brother Jace. How you doing? Doing good. Another fun day of pandemic podcasting. Is there any other kind? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Chief, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Good deal. So, as always, lots of stuff to break down, lots of stuff to discuss. I guess we should basically just get started right away with the Hollywood Reporter interview with Ray Fisher, where we finally get the lowdown on everything with his beef with Warner Brothers executives, Jeff Johns, Josh Whedon, the whole deal. And there's a lot to break down. So <laughs> let's just get started here. We start off that Josh Whedon did not want to comment on this deal. Um, so as you know, from watching both versions of Justice League, Ray Fisher's cyborg had his role drastically cut and reduced. And there are lots of schools of thought on this. Now you can apply some logic, but you can also apply the, I don't know what's wrong. He's just a complaining black guy. He should be happy that he had a job. And he wasn't that great anyway. But of course, you know, that that's the stupid approach. There is some nuance to it. I can see sort of some of the other perspective on it, but I'm going to leave it up to you guys to decide <laughs> who was actually in the right with this. Um, so when Josh Whedon came on board, he had the basic objective to change the tone of Justice League, not make it so bleak, jury, doom-filled, supposed to be happy, you know, like those Marvel films that make a billion dollars. We have talked a million times probably on this show about how Warner Brothers was making the wrong play of trying to just do what Marvel did without putting any of the work that Marvel Studios did. It's like going on Instagram and seeing a dude, you know, shirtless and going, yeah, I want to look like that. And then instead of going to the gym, just uh, trying to work on your Photoshop skills. And that's basically what Warner Brothers is trying to do. They didn't want to do any of the work. They were just like, yo, we can make a billion dollars. We got Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and a few other people too. So they wanted to change Justice League to make it happier, make the audience happy, and feel great about it. And Josh Whedon uh, essentially said when Ray Fisher came to him with his concerns about how much his character was changed from what was originally done with the Snyder version to Josh Whedon's re, you know, revised version, Whedon said, um, it feels like I'm taking notes right now, and I don't like taking notes from anybody, not even Robert Downey Jr. Because Josh Whedon worked with uh, Robert RDJ on the Avengers. And other sources confirmed that Whedon was similarly dismissive of Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa when they also questioned their new dialogue. So it wasn't just Ray Fisher, of course. Um, and apparently there were some people going, hey, we can't make Josh mad. So that was the whole crux of all these complaints that Warner Brothers was getting, the high-ups were getting when people would bring issues to them about Josh Whedon. There's some thought that maybe 
they didn't want to have this issue because, hey, we can't replace Justice League with a third director. That would make our film look awful and terrible and make it inferior at the box office to this Thor Ragnarok film. And who wants to see a third Thor film? We got Superman and Batman. So anyway, a huge discussion point came with uh, Jeff Johns, who's a comic book writer, and Warner Brothers DC Films co-chairman John Berg, and Warner Studio chief Toby Emmerich, who basically said, can't have an angry black man at the center of the film. And um, the thinking with that was, can't have an angry person. You know, this is the, the trying to look at it from a non. This is super, super racist. It's, um, yeah, I don't quite get the fact that black guy has to be angry. I mean, his father did make him into a robot. He didn't want it. I mean, we have Daryl on The Walking Dead. I'd never describe Daryl as a happy person. I wouldn't describe Rick Grimes as a happy person. But Rick, but Ray Fisher's cyborg would then be the angry black man. Let me stop there. Get your thoughts on that before I go further. Chase, what do you think? Okay. Um, for if, if like the scene where he basically says like you know f you like in the Snyder cut, you know he's a little mad. You could you can change that piece of dialogue. Like I mean you could just like bump that or some whatever dialogue if you really wanted to change that. But the rest of his arc was not an angry arc. It was like a redeeming arc. Like hey I'm mad about being you know losing my mom, but I am by the end of the movie. I am happy and integrated with myself of who I am. I don't think that makes you a mad, angry black man for actually being able to evolve from a state of frustration to understanding like, yo, this was like me. It was done out of love. What was done to me because it was my father's way of keeping part of me, my humanity, even though I'm part, you know, machine. It's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's maybe, Maybe that's a scenario where if you don't have the full Snyder cut, maybe like that scene where it's like uh, Cyborg and his parents, maybe that wasn't finished. And if that wasn't finished before the Snyder cut we saw on HBO Max, maybe... We saw that scene in the in the trailer for the one of the very first trailers of Justice League. We saw Cyborg running and playing football in the stands. No, 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 no. No, I'm talking about the end scene, like when he's actually um, messing with the mother boxes and he's actually like with his parents, like, hey, you don't need to be part of this. Like, yo, just come join with mother box. Like the oh. end the la- So maybe if that's not there, you have this angry narrative. But I don't believe that because it's like... It could also reshoot it. <laughs> they did everything else. I mean, if, if I'm pretty sure that cliff note He's there like, hey, here's what we're going to do at the end of Cyborg. Because as Zack Snyder and Ray Fisher say, it's like Cyborg was the heart and soul of the movie. And that seems like even if I didn't get to it, I put a note on what I want done with that scene. It's like he is going to be, I mean, he's the, I mean, he's the real protagonist of this movie. So we are going to get to that even if I haven't shot that. So I'm not buying that. The angry black man, because that was not 
he had one scene he was angry and then after that it was okay evolving acceptance like so i don't, I don't buy that one. okay chief what do you think uh it was two different movies like it was literally two different movies man so the portrayal of pretty much everybody in the first movie compared to the second movie sucked. Not just, you know, because I remember when Ray Fisher pretty much came on and he was like, ah, I've been cut. And we were kind of like, eh, you know, maybe, but Cyborg was just such an awful character for that movie. We were like, well, how, how much could have been missing? And then we learned, learned yeah, so he portrayed, like, everybody's character in the Snyder Cut was better. I liked Aquaman better. He was less Hey, yo, bro, yo, what's up, cuz? Because, you know, I hated he was always like, all right, yeah. And I was like, dude, like, just be Aquaman. You ain't got to be, you know what I mean? You ain't got to be bro Aquaman. Just be Aquaman, Aquaman. And um, so, you know, and the dialogue, like I said, with Ray, his dialogue was totally different. And he was weird in the first one. Because, you know, we were like, you know, he's hiding in the bushes on, on Wonder Woman. And doing all kind of weird stuff on the first one. And, you know, so he wasn't just angry. He was just weird, too. Like, the character was, they cut so much of him that when they pieced him together, they just made him into a weirdo. And we all we all were like, yeah, Cyborg sucks. Um, like, he didn't really have to be in that movie. Even the, the, the ending when him and Superman pull the motherboards apart, and then they blow, uh, you know, the motherboards blow up, and they're just kind of laughing. And he's like, oh, you know, Superman's laying on one side, and he's laying, like, that, that got cut. That wasn't even in there. Like, everything was better about the Snyder Cut. So whether Ray was mad or Wonder Woman was mad or the other guy was mad, like, everything was better. I just, he was, and, and personally, in his, in his uh, he was right to complain. He was right to complain. This whole time, he was like, man, Ray, you know, just, you know, do this thing, man. But then when you want to, you realize this dude had every right to complain. They were like, you know what? We're going to put you in about 3% of this movie. Good luck. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just, I'm glad we got to see Cyborg because his character arc in Snyder Cut made sense. I wasn't like it was a wasted character. You know what I mean? So this angry, you know, and anytime you say something as a black person, let's just admit, they, they're going to label you angry. You know what I mean? The minute you speak up, you know, they, you can, everybody in the office is getting coffee. You can bring in the coffee and you'd be like, Dad, I didn't even get a cup. And they'd be like, oh, you always complaining. Uh, you know, you always mad that you didn't get a cup. Like, yo, I bought the coffee. Oh, so now you're going, so you never get a break anyway. So no matter what you say, <laughs> Whether you're, uh, you say it in a calm tone or you, you're upset. Like, you, you have to be almost Obama-like in order to not be labeled an angry black man. Because anytime you voice your opinion in a less than passive way, oh, that, that, that dude there, he, he's mad. Look at yeah. the black ones, just like they said in the encyclopedia. They get angry, you know. So it, it just... I mean, you know, we just, it's, it's going to be with us for a while, this, this the, the way we're viewed for, right. for airing our grievances. We can't air grievances as a black person because, you know, 
you know, oh, they, you know, oh, they're mad, oh, 400 years, oh, you know. It's, it's Get over it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think what Marvel Studios does is so important. They have Nate Moore, who is a black dude. He is a producer. He has been an executive producer on some of their best films, most notably Captain America Civil War and Black Panther. And, you know, it's no coincidence those are some of the best films because they have a lot of black people and Nate Moore is helping to make sure that there's an environment where the creative people involved understand what goes on with black people and it's not misrepresented or there's confusion and the cast can't come and voice any concerns. Javon, I want, I want you to hear this, this uh, conversation that Ray Fisher had uh, with Jeff Johns, who's a comic book writer and some, a comic book writer that I'm a big fan of. Um, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt on a lot of what in this report didn't always look good. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Let me know what you think about this. So um, Ray Fisher feels that he has a responsibility as the black member of the Justice League to not make him look goofy, silly, like he said in this article by The Hollywood Reporter that he takes it very seriously. Justice League came out before Black Panther, so he wanted to make sure, and clearly Marvel Studios had other black heroes prominently featured in teams and groups, so it wasn't like he was breaking some new door, but this was key in the DC Extended Universe. So Johns was passing on some notes, right? Like, hey, instead of playing Cyborg like Frankenstein, why don't you do it more like Quasimodo? And Fisher said that Johns demonstrated like dipping the shoulder and kind of like the hunchback look. Fisher was like, eh, this kind of looks like he's being a little bit of a servant. Like he's not treating himself like a man. And Fisher said there's a difference between portraying a character who was born with a disability versus one who had been transformed by trauma. And he kind of felt Cyborg was a modern day Frankenstein and says in the article, I don't have I didn't have any intention of playing him as a jovial cathedral cleaning individual. What's your take on that? <clears throat> I agree with him. Because I mean this is not just one man's point of view. This is what is historically Hollywood does to people of, 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 of color, at least people of our color, when we're in roles, certain roles, especially when we're a part of an ensemble that happens to be mostly white. We're either comic relief, the magic Negro, or we aren't as capable as our counterparts. And that's something that in today's society, we can't continue to, one, portray that and, 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 and perpetuate that so that people... That's the thing about art, man. It, it bleeds its way into our real life. Because people will definitely assume that, oh, the black guy in my office is that guy. Like Chief said, just sticking up for yourself when you know you're being abused or treated unfairly or what have you in that environment can lead to assumptions about your character and who you are. Oh, he's just angry. Oh, she's the angry black woman. He's the angry black man, et cetera. We have to deal with that. And that's not just black complaint. That is black reality, you know. So I agree wholeheartedly because if he comes in there and portrays that character 
as the hunchback or in a hunchback type of uh, manner, he is a servant to the rest of the Justice League who are, are, are seen visually as more capable and, and, and uh, 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 more uh, important and not mm-hmm. the, the, the poor disabled, the poor uh, uh, freak show that, 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 they, that this guy is, is saying that he should have tried to portray that character as. That's nonsense. If anything, you should portray that character with as much dignity and pride and someone who is yet to scratch the surface of their power. Right, like we that, see in the Snyder yeah. Cut. <laughs> right. And we Here's see in the Snyder Cut. You just get, yeah, I was just ready to go up, Sergeant. Yeah, so um, Johns has written, he's done a lot of comic books over the years for DC. He's been one of their mo- most prolific writers. He kind of got his start doing Stargirl, and that evolved into him getting a big gig on Justice Society. And in Justice Society, JSA, during his run, he had Mr. Terrific, the new black Mr. Terrific. He made him the leader of the team. He was not the servant dude. He was the decisive leader. He wasn't undermined as the leader. He was, you know, no doubt the guy in charge. Batman looked at him as a peer. They didn't treat him. So in the comic, he treated him just fine, right? Um, he created or was co-creator of the New 52 Justice League with Jim Lee. He put Cyborg on this team. Uh, Cyborg previously was a member of the Teen Titans, as you know. Um, so, John, I I don't go with the narrative that Jeff Johns is racist, but I feel like he is probably thinking, hey, I know what I'm doing here. It's okay. So, Fisher goes, um, it was like he was assuming how black people respond rather than taking the advice from the only black person, as far as I know, with any kind of creative impact on the project. That's real problem. That's why I mentioned that Nate Moore deal. It's like, dude, if you only have one black dude and he's on camera, nobody's, nobody's going to be like, yeah, he's right. We need to fix that. Jay, she nodded. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm, I'm, if even just the list, like you have Joe Morgan in one area, you should have like, if you don't want to listen to, the younger guy tell you kind of, hey, you know, here's my notes on this character. You should listen to a veteran African-American actor like, is this the right look? Because even like it, you, you elevate, like you said, he elevated him to very important in the comic book. And he was like, yo, in the 21st, I, I kind of remember when he did it, he was like, yo, for the 21st century, Cyborg is one of the more interesting characters that we can use. Like, he is the 21st century, the way we're going to utilize him. And to kind of do a very different take on him in the movie didn't, wouldn't have done a, a service for anybody. It's like, yo, he needs to look like, I mean, because like you say, he is the only non, non-majority member on the Justice League, so he should not be played enfeebled for any reason. It's like, no, he has to look like a peer or more. It's like, I know how to, I mean, he needs to look, I mean, like I said, he needs to look better than them, other than Superman, because, you know, Superman is what he is. But I, I, I mean, again, looking at his work, you're like, I don't think you were wrong, but it's like, you definitely should, it's like, you have, it's, it's kind of that, take a second when somebody's giving you that criticism, like, okay, I'm not going to say instantaneously what is right or wrong. Let me internalize that and let me come back with you 
the next day or because I told you something, but you push back on it and I might need to look at that because I might be jumping out there wrong and I need to apologize to just get everything right. And as we saw from the Snyder cut, it's like, nah, it's like this dude was is exactly as important as he should have been. And that uh my toes hurt. Uh I get no lines. I'm just a stalker in the night. Yeah, that's not the look for him. All right, so now this is the, the the thing that I thought was probably the most interesting of this article. There's several things, but this really stood out. So, of course, this is over that booyah line. Now, in the Teen Titans cartoon, this is Cyborg's catchphrase, and he says it basically in every episode. I have since gone back and watched the Teen Titans. It's kind of funny when he says it. Um, and... You know, people love the show. And they all act crazy, goofy, silly on that show. So in that context, him saying booyah is just consistent with how everybody else is, right? Uh, Fisher, not Fisher. So Jeff Johns really wanted to have that line put in the movie. And he asked Zack Snyder, he was like, yo, we got to find a way to get booyah in there. And Snyder was like, no, dude, no catchphrases. And... You know, because Snyder was doing his thing. No one could change it, right? And and to kind of make Johns feel a little better, Snyder put the word on some signs in the film, like the Easter egg, like, hey, here's your booyah. No one's going to say it, but there you go. And so when he left, yo, let's get booyah back in here. And Fisher was like, I don't have a problem with the word, but... It does play different when it's live action versus a cartoon. And he referenced black characters in pop culture with defining phrases like Gary Coleman's, what you talking about, Willis, Jimmy Walker's, Dynamite. And he felt like it seemed weird to have the only black character say a catchphrase. You guys are all nodding, shaking your heads. What do y'all think? Go ahead. <laughs> hey, he, look. <clears throat> We don't need to do a look, and people who don't understand what I'm going to say, hopefully y'all out there who listen understand what I'm saying. That's soft shoe, that's tap dancing, that's showing your teeth real big with a nice grin. You're not asking Batman. I look, I know that it's the cartoon and that's his catchphrase for the cartoon, but that's the damn cartoon. You're making a live action movie here, and you need to 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 not try to box anyone in. Why would you do that to the one black character you have? And come on, we obviously we know why. Like that's for example, if Batman was on the Teen Titans and his catchphrase was "Time to boogie yo," is he gonna? Is, you think Ben Affleck's gonna say "Time to boogie yo"? <laughs> do you think that's gonna happen? No, you're not gonna get him to do that. So why are you asking a brother to booyah? This is not 1992, man. And that, that's another thing. The young black man portraying the young black man. Let him portray the young black man. Stop trying to <laughs> give him dialogue that he's just, come on, dude. And in Brave yeah, and the Bold, Aquaman has a catchphrase that he says all the time. They weren't like, yo, we got to have Aquaman say this. No. We don't need it. Chief, what do you think of this, man? I think that we got lucky that he wasn't tap dancing and he let him have you know what I mean? You're in the middle of this thing here. Uh, you know, it is what it is, man. You know, if they can make 
black character being docile in a sense, um, comedic, uh, they will. You know what I mean? Feminine. It's what they do. Um, you know, and then that King Titan said the cartoon. It's it's silly. It's like a it's like a parody of 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 a cartoon. Like you know what I mean? Like they 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 big sweat in it. Like they somehow sweat, and all of a sudden they'll get the the big head with the yeah. It's, it's, you know. Um. So. Why would you want it? If you're, you're trying to separate and create your own identity with this new movie, like you're, you're, you're saying, okay, we have these different things out, but this is us here. This is what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like Loud Movie Files, for example. We're doing our own thing out here. We don't, I've never watched another podcast and been like, you know what? We should take what they're doing and add it to here. And then we've got catchphrases and stuff. So, you know what I mean? Time to record. (laughs) (laughs) It's showtime, folks. Yeah, with the the jazz hands, you know. So, um, you know, it's people, you know, people, there's always somebody trying to do that to one of us. Pigeonhole us, put us in something like that, do something like that. But, uh, you know, um, shout out to, you know, shout out to Snyder, man, for just keeping it real, man. Like, I, you know, I, I never really want to see another Joshua Whedon movie again. I hope he retires. You may not. <laughs> I hope he retires, man. I'm like, dude, you butchered this movie. You know, like, even if the customer's close, the customer ain't even close. I just, I don't, I, sometimes I just sit there and, I, and when I get a moment alone and I think about Justice League and I'll just be like, yo, I saw two different movies. It wasn't the same. The Amazon scenes were greater. I mean, the whole thing, like, yo, what is, like, did somebody come in and was like, listen, you got to cut this thing down tight. Besides, it's too long. And he was like, you know what, you're right. I'm going to cut it down and, and you know, uh, Fisher. Yeah, you're new here. Uh, we're going to just wind down your parts just a little bit. Give me a booyah. And uh, we're going to take uh, roughly 95% of your, your dialogue. Good luck, sir. You know, I, so, yeah, man, just, you know, these catchphrases, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. You See, know, you know. <laughs> you mentioned something. I got to get your take on this, Jason. So. Not only was Ray Fisher unhappy, and Whedon was pissing off apparently everyone, including Jeremy Irons, played Albert. That's not a good career move to piss off somebody like Jeremy Irons, anyway. But um, uh, so the article says, and one Justice League star ended up taking her complaints not only to the head of the film studio, but also to the chairman of Warner Brothers. A knowledgeable source says. Yagado had multiple concerns with the revised version of the film, including the issues about her character became more aggressive than her character in Wonder Woman. She wanted to make the character flow from one movie to the next. The biggest clash, sources say, came when Whedon pushed Godot to record lines she didn't like, 
He then threatened to harm Godot's career and disparage Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins. While Fisher declines to discuss any of what transpired with Godot, a witness on the production, who spoke to investigators after that one class, Josh was bragging that he'd had it out with Gal. He told her he's the writer and she's going to shut up and say the lines and he can make her look incredibly stupid in this movie. A knowledgeable source says Godot and Jenkins went to battle, culminating in a meeting with then Warner's chairman. As for comment, Godot says in a statement, I had my issues with Whedon and Warner Brothers. I had my issues with Whedon and Warner Brothers handled it in a timely manner. All right, Jace, what you got? Uh, best lawyer speak for you damn right. Um, she's like, oh, we put the smack down on him. He understood his role and shut his mouth. Um, that's, <laughs> again, they, they understood Wonder Woman has more chance of being a successful franchise on its own. And we need to actually keep the Golden Goose happy. Far more than the retread writer uh, who's probably doing any of your greatest Marvel hits. Um, and they were, they were rightfully like, yeah, let's let's go with these two. Especially because it's like, Patty Jenkins is like, wait a minute, you're disparaging me? I'm not even in this movie. So, oh, you're saying that mess? I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to fly because you're, you, aren't a, you aren't a direct director. You're a replacement. I've got, I'm signed on for at least two more movies. We can actually get you removed. And I think there was another line in the article where he's like, he was basically threatening Gal Gadot's career if yeah. she didn't say, it's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, you really don't understand your, I mean, like, you're on your, I mean, this is pre, I mean, this is before all the other scandals came out, but it's like, yeah, that's not going to fly. Like, I'm actually making these dudes money and they don't, they don't need you to. Like, we will say you weren't a director. You were here for five minutes. You were just, you know, making sure you weren't really a director. And I can step in and actually make this damn movie. Like, there is nothing that keeps you here, dude. So please believe Warner Brothers' headset. We will get this, and you are smart, and you will take and drag us through the mud, and we will tell Mr. Wayne that he needs to learn his role and shut his mouth. <laughs> well said. Okay, so here, this is another part that, that went wild on social media. So multiple sources on the show Krypton, which has since been canceled on City, uh, said that the show's creators were passionate about a, about a couple of things. One, they wanted to do some non-traditional casting, and that Regine Paul Page who became the breakout star of the Netflix show Bridgerton, auditioned for the role of Superman's grandfather. But Johns, who was overseeing the project, said Superman could not have a black grandfather. The creators also wanted to make one superhero character, Adam Strange, gay or bisexual. But sources say Johns vetoed the idea. If you watch Krypton like I and Jake have, you know that they do in fact go have that Superman does have a no, he doesn't. He doesn't have a black grandfather. It's uh, they make General Zod black, and they do very not so. Hey, did I miss something? They do kind of tease that Adam Strange may be bisexual without implicitly stating it. Jeff Johns has a rep who is like killing, like killing, like in a bad way, like destroying credibility, killing. Um, when because he's speaking to the reporter here and and these statements are just so bad because it's like 
he's generating them with a monkey and a chimp on the side of him giving him advice. Chef celebrates and supports LGBT characters, including Batman, who in 2006 was reintroduced as LGBT in the comic book series co-written by Johns. Um, as for the role of Superman's grandfather, the rep says Johns believed fans expected a character to look like a young Henry Cavill. Which would be the first time ever that DC cared whatsoever about any synergy with what the heck is going on in their TV universe. I'm sorry. Henry uh, Cavill's like, am I even Superman anymore? He's like, can someone call me? I'm sorry. Like, can I actually put that writing down when they actually ask me, hey, am I Superman? Like, see, Jeff John said I was Superman. He's still, you know, head of water. <laughs> I must still be Superman. So Paige is like one of the biggest stars right now. He is like a rocket ship Nova star who is so on the rise that Marvel Studios hired him to join the Secret Invasion show because Marvel Studios is not stupid. Paige issued a comment. Um, He said, hearing about these conversations hurts no less now than it did back then. The clarifications almost hurt more, to be honest. Still just doing my thing. Still we do the work. Javon, what do you think about that, man? Oh, God. It just makes me wonder who is running the shop over there. DC. Like it, the inmates run, and I can't even say the inmates run the asylum because at least some done something right by now, other than the Snyder Cut. They've had their victories, you know, Wonder Woman, Snyder Cut, uh, Aquaman. These are the victories in spite of their stupid lack of direction. Dude, it's like shooting with your foot. It's like you're aiming the gun, but you keep doing this, putting your foot wherever you try. It's like stop shooting yourself in the foot. You don't have to do it. But you're using your foot as a sight. You're using your foot as the sight. I don't understand how they keep on doing this, how they keep making these mistakes. It, it, like, look, you remember when Hyundai was the joke of the automotive industry, when like Hyundai's engine was dropping out of the cars and blowing up and, and, and carrying on, right? What Hyundai did somewhere along the early to mid-2000s is they started to poach uh, staff from the competitive rivals, they're competing, not rivals, but competitors that they were trying to be rivals of, like Honda and Toyota, et cetera, Subaru. They started to make better cars when they did that. But isn't that what we think DC was trying to do with Josh Wheat? Like they, they thought they had gotten a golden goose uh, director from, I mean, like Age of Ultron, it was successful. They thought, mm-hmm. hey, we did this Which, is a great idea, but mm-hmm. he's an asshole. And sometimes you get it wrong. And sometimes you get it wrong, Jay. You you sometimes get it wrong, unfortunately. Um, and that's the thing about it. Whedon has a history. And this isn't the first time he's, you know, landed himself in the headlines. It's just nowadays in this the 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 changing cultural climate and our media, our digital media and our need to always have the up-to-date information on everything. These are not Hollywood's dirty little secrets we sweep under the rug no more. It's all out there now. And whatever you against you is in the court of public opinion. 
So it finally caught up to Josh Wheaton. Um, they have to poach the talented people if they want to turn at any point. If they want to actually be a, a rival of Marvel and they want to get the the movie going, the TV going public on their product, right? You have got to start compo- You have got to start poaching from your biggest competitor. Not, and they're not even. It's not even a. Marvel's not even your competitor. You're you're looking way up at them, and you're never going to gain ground with this kind of stuff. You're never. No, absolutely not. So last thing, because I, I feel like we could just do the entire show on this, and there's some other stuff I want to talk about. So one of the writers on Krypton, um, Nadria Tucker, tweeted on February 24th. I haven't spoken to Jeff John since the day on Krypton when he tried to tell me what is and is not a black thing. Tucker tells, told THR, John's objective when a black female's character's hairstyle was changed in scenes that took place on different dates. I said, black women, we tend to change our hair frequently. It's not weird. It's a black thing. And he said, no, it's not. All right. John, so John, John, they got, they got here with this. This spokesperson says first, because this is the best. John's first spokesperson says, what were standard continuity notes were seen or being spun in a way that are not only personally offensive to Jeff, but to the people that know who he is, know the work he's done, and know the life he lives. As Jeff has personally seen firsthand the painful effects of racial stereotypes concerning hair and other cultural stereotypes, Having been married to a black woman who is with for a decade and with his second wife, who is Asian-American, as well as his son, who is mixed race. Okay, seriously? So you're telling me you shared a household with a black woman and don't know that she changes her hairstyle maybe two or three times a week. Like, even if it's like in public you wear one hairstyle. As soon as you go home, you might wear a completely different hairstyle. Where goes the wig? I mean, the wig's off, the braids are in, whatever. And it's just, that's, I mean, as black men, or we know that. It's like, okay, cool. Like, next week, it's a different hairstyle. All you need is one scene change, and it would have been perfectly <laughs> Like, it's like, hey, uh, I just talked to Kal-El. Hey, now I'm talking to the rest of the high council and uh, the military council. I went home and changed. Like, that's just, he, I mean, I don't know what he was, I mean, that must have been one of those dumb days that he just didn't want to hear something. And he was like, yeah, whatever. He's like, nah, man, like, I don't need to say you're wrong. Like, just say you don't want to do it. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, but I'm, I'm I, can I can I go back to that Bridgerton one? Sure. I'm like, okay, I'm actually glad he didn't get that role as, as uh, Kalo's grandfather because he's now going to make a whole lot more money. Being on Marvel as a TV show, because he wouldn't mean Bridgerton probably he might not have got the role if you know he was you know failed Kal-El's grandfather uh, for a show that had like five scenes. If you ever watched Krypton, it was like, hey, let's go back in this wall here. Oh wait, I'm in another scene that's the exact same wall. We didn't even bother switching up how it was. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, and they're casting. I was this. DC's casting tents, if we, as we saw from Snyder could be good. They just don't know how to follow through on, like, making sense. Like, Birds of Prey, we saw their casting was all over the place, and it was like, it didn't make sense. And you now, like, 
now you basically are starting from scratch every movie. Now you're going back, like, they're talking of uh, Black Adam. They're they're starting to shoot next week. And it's like, one, this, this is the movie from Black Adam. Who's going to be two years from now? Who are these characters really going to be? Like, they're just whack. You know yeah. what this reminds me of? Everybody has a Josh Whedon when he did the thing, and they said, "Well, we're gonna give him the reins. He's gonna do this." This every every there's checks and balances. Everything you've got a director, you've got somebody coming down checking to see if the movie's good. Then they, there's somebody who reviews the movie and edits it, right? So the editor's like, "Yo, yo, hey, somebody come down and look at this. This is some bullshit." <laughs> it reminds me of Boomerang. When Eddie Murphy got mad at Robin Gibbons and gave my man the reins uh, for the Sean Day commercial, and he never went back and checked it. So then they're in front of the people, and Sean Day's giving birth to the to the to the perfume, and everybody was in the joint horrified. And the one dude was like, "Yes, yes," and everybody was like, and then she she was she's like, "It's all I can do to save your job," you know. And so I feel like they gave my man this, this cause he was used to do the seven uh, the seven up commercials. Never had it, never will. The captain. <laughs> and, uh, they just let him run free, man. They just let this fool run free. And I feel like they did that to Josh Whedon. They were so confident in his ability to to direct that they didn't even check up on him. You know what I mean? He was like, uh, you wanna go down for the set today? Nah, he's got it. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Let's get these nine holes in. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, he was in that joint wilding. You know what I mean? He had a, he had a, a, a bottle of Irk and Jerk next to him, and he was he was sipping while directing. You know what I mean? The cask and cream. You remember that joint when? <laughs> you know you know what I mean? And he was just in that joint, you know, just doing it, just doing it up. Boom Farm and Mad Dog 2020. Um, like, give me some of that booze. Yeah, and this is this is what you get when you when you when you when when you drink like that. When you grab the Urban Jerk and then and then you direct some scenes. So like like nobody checked on him. Nobody was like, hey, what's he drinking? And that's this Urban Jerk. Stop the movie. You know. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, drink up. It's gonna be good. All right. Well, that that was very interesting, and I I just thought it was crazy. Speaking of crazy, Tyler Perry is developing a drama prequel series about the early life of his iconic character Medea for Showtime. Who wants at it? Javon, go for it. I ain't touching that shit, man. You had church folks mad at me. You are not going to have the church going public mad at me, because uh-uh. No, 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 no. Where's Gunner when you need him? No. Exactly. Right. right. <laughs> can we call him in, like, hey, Gunner, can you just comment on this one line? <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Man, I ain't talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, seriously, like, so I hate to say this, but who plays Medea early? Like, is it a woman, or is it a dude? I mean, that's kind of the question. Uh, Why don't we get old boy from Coming to America too to play Akeem's son? I, I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued. I'm like, who would take on that iconic role 
uh, for some people to be like, I'm, I'm willing to take this burden on. That is a career killer. I got the big break of your career. You know, I, I talked to Tyler Perry and we got a series on Showtime and you are who he wants to play Medea. I'm and my real question is why is this a drama? A drama? Not drama. You missed that, you missed that description. It's a uh-huh. drama, not a dramedy. It's a drama prequel. Got to see what makes me do, you know, jump high or, yeah. I don't think the people that want want Medea want a serious Medea. I kind of feel like that that is not, this this seems like a Warner Brothers project. Hey, what do people like? Let's do the exact opposite. (laughs) Let's do the total opposite. You know, it's funny, though. It might work. He hasn't failed yet. I mean, he has an audience for Medea. I mean, he's made he does. 30 movies, and they all, it's not like any of them bombed. Like, so, like, that audience, he has an audience who's going to go and see these Medea movies. And I'm not going to lie, I have never paid to go see Medea, but I have watched it on, you know, it's come on cable or whatever. I mean, it's not unfunny. You know what I mean? That some of those interactions. I mean, it's always it always reminds me of a sort of like a black uh, what's the dude? Davy and Goliath. Like there's a, you remember Davy and Goliath, the little claymation joints when we was young. <laughs> yeah. And and it was it was always a lesson at the end of it. Like uh-huh. they were going, and then there was to be some kind of Christian lesson at the end. That's what it kind of always reminds. Tyler Perry reminds me of a black. Uh, yeah, the live joint where you know him and Davy walking through, and then they'll get into some adventure and they'll learn a lesson or whatever on the grow one type shit. Um, so there's always a because I I remember I'd be around girls and they'd be like, "Hello there, how how if she does it?" And uh, I had no idea what the hell they were doing. And like I said, a couple years later, I was watching. I was like, "Oh, okay, so that that's where that's from." So women were going to see it. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? We as men were like, we weren't lying in a movie theater. I'm sure some of us got dragged out there to see it. Right. I won't lie about right. that, but there's going to be a, there's going to be an audience for this type thing. And he's probably making something similar to old girl. Well, not, you know, like sort of like old girl who has the uh, show, uh, uh, the black girl, uh, she just popped up like a couple of years ago, but she's really hot. She's got that uh, H- that Showtime or HBO show where she's like a single black girl. Issa Rae? Yeah. That's insecure. Uh, HBO. Okay. But he's probably trying to go for something similar to that, maybe. You know, I mean, that, that, that if she say it like that, it's probably going to do fine. I'm not going to watch it, but you're right. He probably will have enough to keep it rolling for five seasons. We're like, yo, this thing is still on when they announce the series finale. And like, man, remember we laughed about that back in 2021, and it's still going. So you know what? He knows his audience, and he doesn't try to cater to everyone else. So more power to him. How about this one? You guys interested in watching the Kanye West documentary that's coming to Netflix? I'd rather spend the night 
trying to lick my own, and I will end it there. There you go. Yeah. Oh. Let's, let's, let's keep it PG-13 for the sponsors. James, oh. what do you think? <laughs> oh, yeah. Money business. Uh, let's be honest. Like, we talked about Kanye is a... You want to see kind of the more ridiculous things. I don't know if he's producing it. Uh, is this a VH1 behind the music kind of deal? Or is it like, hey, you know, we, we actually got Kim Kardashian to dish some dirt, you know, before, I mean, before the divorce. Like, I'm thinking, I mean, he has an interesting story behind what we consider his madness. And that's why we, I mean, we, we follow kind of what Kanye does. Like, we've had him as dummy the week for all of 2020. There's a, there's a, a I mean, a, a definitely a series of amount of information on what this guy is. So I'm thinking it's a good market. I probably will check it out. All right. The 2020 dummy of the year, Javon, are you going to watch this Kanye West documentary? No, unless it's because it's not going to be like a bad trip or what was the other one? Bad grandpa, like those lives, like we're pranking people in the format of a movie type movies. Because that's what I would want to see out of Kanye. Just Kanye go somewhere and bug the F out. Because, I look, everybody got a story to tell. I just don't give a shit about them all. Um, <laughs> and I definitely don't care about Kanye's. We watched the part of his life that we care about play out for the last 20 years. I don't care about the makings of this. And I don't care what he does on his spare time. I want to see Kanye doing some Martin Lawrence Tied up, running down the street, yelling at cars, innocent cars at that. I, I want to see Kanye wilding out. That's what I want to see. Okay. I don't like the. I like the train wreck. Hey, I like the train wreck. Is Kanye gonna have any part in this? Uh, let's see. It's spanning two decades and includes footage and home videos of his work. Uh, he's said to include never before seen footage. Uh, his failed 2020 presidential bid, and just in case you forgot that, and the death death of his mother, which is what I consider the end of good Kanye, good creative, awesome producer, rapper Kanye, and the spiraling madness that we are declaring our dummy of the week for so okay. long. Okay, so here's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the serious version of this. This could be like a documentary on mental health, like, because like you said, like that defining moment, we all saw that. And that's where the kind of, whoa, this guy had his, what we consider his break. Like, maybe it's a, like kind of, hey, this is what mental health, you know, I mean, mental issues can do to a person. Like, even the free Britney movement is basically like, hey, this is, you know, we saw her break. This is kind of, I mean, maybe y'all want to talk about mental health a little more after watching what happened to Kanye. So another reason to check, I would think to check it out. All right. Uh, slavery was a choice, Kanye. There's no way <laughs> I'm watching Kanye. I can't even believe y'all are watching. Say he had mental issues. Well, then he, him and his mental issues. See, you know, hold on. Before you segue, here's the problem I have with rich people. You, me, Javon, Jason, if we have some kind of mental issue or mental health thing going on. We don't have the funds to take off from our job and go get these things treated. These people are literally millionaires and can go and get the help they need 
and don't. So I have no, I don't, I don't, I don't care about their lives. Like I don't, I, I look at them and I say, you know what? It's regular Americans going through so much crap and, 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 and need to go somewhere and work out their issues and can't because we have to keep going. There's, there's mortgages to make. There's food to be put on the table. There's car notes. There's family to take care. Sometimes people's jobs are tied to their health care. They can't go and, 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 and spaz out and have that mental breakdown. He is able to go and get help and won't. And this is the problem that I have with Kanye's, the the even 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 the, the people who who don't get help for their for their mental depression and end up getting suicide. These are the things that make me angry about these things because I'm like, yo, you could have gone and gotten the help. You couldn't have gotten the help. We, regular people can't do these things. You guys can go get the help you need, but won't. You're a millionaire. There's no man. How are we gonna make the mortgage next month? That you can go and do these things. So when I see Kanye spazzing out and doing all these dumb things and saying these dumb things and, and, and just being embarrassing, going into to an Apple store and getting up on the table, and I'm thinking to myself, yo, like, what happened, dude? You were Kanye who was like, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And then you went to this other Kanye, probably the, the death of your mother. But at the same time, you could have went and got help. You could have seeked help and went and talked to somebody. You have people who want to see you right. That flew out. How many? I can't. Man, I haven't seen none of y'all since the pandemic came. Kanye spazzed out, and those cats flew to where he was in Wyoming to see him. Like you have people who want to see you do well, but you don't. So I want to see. Watch no documentary. I don't want to see. I don't even want to see Kanye. I hope he goes away, man. Every time I, I, you know what I mean? Just, just, just go away, man, at this point. Speaking of go away and with the family, Caitlyn Jenner is actively exploring a run for California governor. That's my, uh, my um, dummy of the week. I'm just spoiling it early. But, fellas, real fast, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, what you think? Oh, Javon, <laughs> you queued up. Um, Tell me how much you love I'll that personal human drama. <laughs> I'll say this, right? The human stories, we like we mentioned this last week. I think we don't. That's not what we invested in in this movie for. We don't care. Mm-hmm. Adding a cute little girl to it, I don't care. Uh, uh, adding a love story, don't care. Care less. Um, my fundamental problems with this movie. Uh, nobody was, everybody was asleep at the switch here. It's like, <laughs> look, y'all really focused on the CG, appreciated that. But it's like, look, this weird company that is like a cross between Amazon and Umbrella that's building <laughs> a, a, a Godzilla Metal Gear in Tokyo, they have a tram that literally took these people, and I don't care if you ain't seen it yet. I'm spoiling it for you because it's that dark. <laughs> they had a in Pensacola. They built a tram from Pensacola, Florida, to Hong Kong. Was it? Am I right? Was it Hong Kong? 
they built a, a tram that could take them from Pensacola to Hong Kong, where they're building goddamn Metal Gear. But two, a brother and two teenagers could get right on the, 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 the train, take this tram, and end up there in like an hour. And hey, Javon, one security Javon, guard. Javon, I need Brian Tyree Henry to be like Ray Fisher. Because there's the moments in that movie it's like, dude, you better represent better than this. Hey, look, it, I really feel like, and this, that's the thing. If you know Brian Terry from Henry from uh, 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 Atlanta, Atlanta, you will watch like, who is this dude? <laughs> who is this guy? I give, I give him that much. He, it was a total departure from what I'm used to out of him. I give him that much. Yeah. But it was just too much ridiculous things happening in this movie. It was just too ridiculous to, to the, the little girl taught uh, 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 King Kong sign language, and. In itself, it's like I'm tired of these tame the savage beast. If King Kong was real, right? Do you? And, and here's another part. I'm sorry. How much they sedated King Kong? What the? I was about to cuss. I'm sorry. What the hell did they use to sedate King Kong? How? How sway? They put some tracks in it, man. <laughs> What they use? Uh, uh, <laughs> they, they, they put, put some, some flories because you know when she take it, you hit the floor. Hey man, I was. And there were certain parts I was disgusted, and you know they missed the real. If you're gonna go ridiculous, here's the thing. With all of that said, after Godzilla and King Kong team up to fight Metal Gear and beat them, and they do the whole stare down thing. Instead of, you know, like, this is what should have happened. We should have got the epic monster. Like, remember in, in, in Fist Bump, Jeff, but, you know, remember in Predator when, when uh, uh, Carl Withers and Arnold Schwarzenegger gave us the... <laughs> Dude, they should have got one of them. So bad, because I was going to just so go bad. I was waiting for it. It's like, yeah, come on. I was like, ah. Good. I wanted that. <laughs> You know what got me though? Oh, I didn't. I didn't hate the movie. It was Javon was totally right. There were parts of it that you're like, what? But the size disparity. Now, Godzilla beat the hell out of King Kong. Let's just get that out of the way. He he could have killed him easily. And, and then and then it's funny because then King Kong easily defeated Mecha Godzilla while the regular Godzilla was struggling against him. But that's what that was here. Here's the here's where I'm at. Hey, Chief. Godzilla is he looks to be about eight thousand feet tall. <laughs> through shit. Standing in the sea. Right. And Kong is not that tall. And but when they fight, they're the same height. And I'm like, hold on. Kong looks to be about two hundred feet shorter than Godzilla. But every time they fight, they right there on each other. And I'm like, hold on, do you not like they made they made Godzilla or Kong one of them is disproportionate. <laughs> Godzilla was huge. He's been huge. Yo, Chief, I got you. I got you. He started. He he ate a mushroom every time he saw Godzilla coming. Oh. He had to. He had to. He borrowed some from Mario. <laughs> and, and, hey, Chief. He, he he was a king or something. His parents made an axe. He was just. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, Chief, you touched on that right there. Metal Gear beat the holy hell out of Godzilla. <laughs> you ever see somebody get whooped on the street? You know how somebody ever they'll be talking to you. I'm gonna whoop on your ass today. You like you get that's a good whooping. Like what's my you talk? They talking to him right? That's how uh, uh, Metal Gear was whooping Godzilla. It was not fair. I love that you call it a Metal Gear. <laughs> okay, Metal Gear. Oh man. Oh yeah. All right, fellas, it is that time of the week. Who are your nominees or dummies of the week? Jace, who you got? I know you told me who you got. Are we, can I handle the truth? Uh, which one was uh, my dummy of the week? I forget. I just said, can you handle the truth? Call game. ESPN called game, too. Oh, my gosh, my man. Oh, gosh, man. So... My dummy of the week is Mr. Paul Pierce. Uh, I don't. I know. Again, Paul does not need money from ESPN at all to do whatever he wants in his life. But <laughs> at any point when you have like random ladies twerking behind you, that is 100% not the time to do Facebook Live when you work for a Disney company. Like. You know what? I'm gonna do Facebook Live. This is the move of the day. And none of your friends, hey, hey, Paul, I know you don't need the money, but you enjoy having something to do. So maybe not go on Facebook Live. You know, don't put that on Instagram. Just kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll put that Random on. Random dudes know that. Random dudes. They're not like, hey, it's a bachelor party. Let's do a IG Live. Like, Again, every dude should know. It's like. If your boy's a little too drunk and he's like, nah, man, I'm going to put this drunk on face. Nah, hey, man, we got this. Nah, man. Hey, we, give we me, don't give me that phone, dude. Yeah, you, you, you had too much to drink, homie. Come on. Okay. And if you're sober, it's even worse. Like, like hey, you know what I'm going to do? I have some girls right behind me on the screen. <laughs> it's like, uh, Paul, you're like 46, 7 years old. That's not the move. And yes, you can do whatever you want. But don't put it on IG, Facebook Live. When you work for a Disney company, so I feel like I feel like that's too much to ask, Jay. Chief, you got anybody? Uh, so this guy James Curry, I think it's Curry. He uh, gives his son the Lamborghini Urus. Uh, Lamborghini Urus. You said five hundred thousand? Yes, sir. His son is seventeen years old who then, traveling at excess speed, kills a young girl in her car. Uh, they say he may, may or may not have been racing, but however, uh, I think that no matter how much money you got, because at 17, you are not experienced enough, smart enough, uh, anything enough to be driving a 640-horsepower car. Um, I can't even imagine if I got hold of even 400 horsepower, 300 horsepower when I was 17 years old. Um, I, I probably, we probably wouldn't even have this conversation. You know, like, hey, mommy. Um, he had that nice car. Yeah, he had that nice car, man. Right before he wrapped it, uh, you know, around several light poles. Um, so I think that's just the dummy of the week. You have to watch what you give your kids, man. These kids 
he should have got a uh, 150 horsepower Honda Accord. Yeah, and, and just let him out there. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah. something they don't even make no more. Man, right. listen. Yeah, exactly. I'm rich. I'm rich enough to get them to recommission a new car off an of old whack one. You're welcome. You get a Toyota Paseo. Right. <laughs> they don't even make this anymore. It's all right. A special order. Jay King, who's your nominee, sir? Oh, I got a two-headed monster this week. Uh, a two-headed jackass, rather. Uh, I want to say Khloe Kardashian because apparently a poolside picture of her leaked and it wasn't photoshopped. It didn't get to the uh, Kardashian photo studios in time to be blasted all over the internet. So, <laughs> of course, this set her off and this was a big thing and a big deal. They're trying to create cease and desist orders for anybody sharing this uh photo around the internet. It's too late, it's the internet. Good luck. Kind of like this was off of your OnlyFans. Good luck. And we know you look, Chloe, baby, sis, girl, honey, love, doll. We know you don't look like that. And, and look, I'm not having a go. But you're the power forward for the Kardashian clan. We know you got a Frankenstein head. It's okay. We love you anyway. Hey, maybe if she's anyway. swamped like Quasimodo. <laughs> Somebody would be happy, right? That would make somebody in the, in, in, in the Warner Brothers world happy. Um, but Chloe, let it go, baby. We we know, we know. Come on, it's look. It ain't the top. It ain't up here. What we interested in? It's all behind you. It's okay. You know what you look like. You still be hey. You can get. You can still get. Don't tell my wife. You still good. Um, hey, just don't put it on. Then this. We will. We will not. We will not. Um. Then there's Michael Rappaport. Oh, Michael Rappaport has been a, 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 a bird that hovers around a caucus for a long time, if you catch my drift. I am so glad we're starting to get those nails and shut the door, like firmly seal that coffin shut on him. I don't wish him bad things. I just wish Michael Rappaport would go away since higher learning. I've been sick of that cat for a minute. <laughs> and look, it's not just because he's like the hip-hop white dude. No, it's not. It's because he's annoying as shit. Javon, he's just I have it on irritating. good authority. Mm-hmm. I have it on good authority from my boy Chad Hanks. It's going to be a white boy summer. It, 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 featuring these two. Featuring these two goons. Um, you want to talk away. These two are thugs. These two are thugs of, of a cultural appropriation. I'm so sick of the both of them. Um, Rappaport, man, was on uh, uh, what, what's the screaming match on Fox? That does, uh, Fox Sports that doesn't snap screaming A. It's uh, the other two idiots that scream at each other for <laughs> two hours about sports. Shannon Sharp and um, the skinny it's guy famous. that hates LeBron. Yeah, the guy it's that hates LeBron because he's not LeBron. Um are you talking about him? Yeah, yeah, the guy that hates LeBron because he's not LeBron. Uh, Rappaport was on there. Uh, and here's the thing. I don't know if he was trolling or not, but he was crying like white girl tears. Like, like people, you know, I, I, ever since this started, you know, I go to walk my dog and people don't want to come over and, and, and say hi to me or pet my dog. I go to my favorite coffee place and, you know, they were like, not today, Cupcake. And, you know, I, like I didn't know whether he was trolling 
I didn't know if he was being serious because hey, with them, you with that, you don't know. I'm, when I say them, I mean people like that. You don't know. Like I think he's adding fuel to the fire because nobody cares what Mike. Like, not like Michael Rappaport's gonna be in anybody's uh, next Marvel movie or WandaVision or The Mandalorian or nothing like that. You know, Gosh. he ain't got nothing happening right now, so he needs this. It's just I, I, I really want people to stop looking over there. It's like Rappaport to me is like. Remember that scene in Boogie Nights when they went to see uh, what's my man? I was supposed to be uh, Nash uh, when he went in the hills to see him to get some coke. He's like the fire, the kid with the firecrackers in the background. He just he he won't stop being the distraction. He he just will not stop himself, and that's because no one's saying, "Hey, go in the room with that." That's Rappaport, and he's been that for thirty years. It, it's time. Let them go away and stop. No sports. Who did you play for? Shut up. Go sit down, man. That's it. That's it. Right. <clears throat> Excellent nominees, fellas. Um, so many. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give this week to the truth though, because Paul needs to know better about IG Live. His phone. Because seriously, that's just ridiculous. All right, fellas. Thank you as always for rolling with me. Thank you all out there for listening. We're closing in on episode 200, so that means we're gonna have a big surprise for you very soon. But for now, this is Lyle's Movie Files. We're signing off. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.